0: You're listening to the Metro L.A. Podcast, an official podcast of the L.A. International Church of Christ. Good morning. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Welcome to the Metro region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. Thank you for tuning in to our Sunday worship service. Special shout out to our friends in San Francisco those joining us from around the world and of our, of course our very own metro family i've got a question for you this morning when you think of faithful men in hebrews 11 or what we call the hall of faith who do you think of when you think of faithful men in hebrews 11 who do you think of you know i think of jesus right i think of Abraham, I think of Enoch, Abel, Noah, Moses, perhaps. And you'd be right. But I want to look at a man that most of us would never even consider. His name was Samson. You might go, Samson? I thought we were talking about faithful men in Hebrews 11. (laughs) And we are. You know, in Hebrews 11, verse 32 to 34, it says... And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign, foreign armies. There it is, Samson. He was in Hebrews 11. Well, what do you know about? What do we know about Samson? I want you to be thinking about what, when you hear of Samson, what comes to mind? You know, what comes to my mind was he was impure. He was lustful. He had anger issues. He lost his convictions and he didn't understand his calling. Those are just some of the things that I think of when I think of Samson. I mean, the dude had some issues and yet he made it in Hebrews 11. You go, is that, can that be true? Yep, he did. Samson was God's man, and he had a special calling, but his life was riddled with failure. Can you relate? His life was riddled with mistakes. Do you struggle to live the Christian life at times? I mean, do you have difficulty in it? Do you struggle to believe in God's calling, God's plan for your life? If so, I hope today's lesson will encourage you tremendously. You know, in life, It's easy to focus on our failures instead of paying attention to what God is doing in the midst of our failures. And today's lesson is more about how awesome God is and how he works in our lives in spite of our many failures and shortcomings. Isn't that awesome? Our lesson is entitled, Samson, Believe Again. Samson, Believe Again. And as we dive into this Bible study, I hope your faith will be encouraged and your soul will be refreshed. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for the, this man that we're going to be studying today. And there are many men and women in the Bible that we could study, but today I'd like to focus on Samson because he's a person that perhaps most of us would never even consider to be in Hebrews 11 and much less live a life of faith. And so I pray we can get tremendous encouragement and and faith from our Bible study this morning that could could help us make better decisions, help us to draw nearer to you, uh, and most of all, help us have the kind of faith that would be pleasing to you. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. You know, the in the background in Judges, as always, context matters in the Bible, and in the book of Judges, God's people lived in a time where people did as they pleased. You want to talk about not having boundaries? Sheesh, Israel was living in a time where they did, they did not have boundaries. In Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, it says, In those days, in the NIV, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. God's people lived in a time where they did as they pleased if it felt good to do they did it sound sound similar to our times today sound like we could relate to what what Israel was going through during their time and they did and and what was happening in Israel was it went on for a long long time for over 400 years we pick up in the story of judges 13 where Israel is living under the leadership of the Philistines You know, the story of David and Goliath, right? Well, Goliath was a Philistine. And the Philistines were victorious over the Israelites. And God raised up a spiritual ramble to take care of his people, though. Oftentimes, when God's people went through blessing, they praised God. But then they kind of lost their way. They forgot about God. And, and they started to cry out to God because they got into all this sin. And then because God loved and cared about him and had so much compassion, he raises up a deliverer, or in the Bible, we call it a judge. And a judge would come and lead his people back to God, and the people would start to experience blessing again. That's similar to our lives. And so God raises up this guy, Samson. And in Judges chapter 13, in verse 2 to 7, it says, A certain man of Zorah, named Manoah from the clan of Danites, had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The Angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, "You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines." Then the woman went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. Now then drink no wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. You know, God raises up a spiritual ramble for his people. More is said of this judge, this leader, than any other judge in Israel. He was impressive because he was a one-man army. Samson's life <clears throat> was destined for greatness from conception. He was born an only child his life was an answer to the needs of the times he was living in. And God's vision for him was to raise him up and, and for him to live a special calling, a Nazaritic vow. His life would be devoted and set apart for God. You know, a person who took a Nazaritic vow took an oath to abstain from worldly influences. And this was no joke. This was a, this was a serious vow. You know, and he would, there's four things about a Nazaritic vow that's, samson took and one is to abstain from in- intoxicating drinks especially grape drinks so like wine right he would to never to cut his hair he is supposed to avoid contact or even going near the dead even family and the fourth thing is he would refu- he's supposed to refuse to eat food regarded as unclean according to the law a nazaritic vow could be taken by any jew for a period of time to serve god and humanity Typically from 30 to 100 days. Pretty special commitment, right? It's kind of like when we take a fast. We do a, let's say we do a fast for 30 days, right? That, that's a special thing when you do a fast for, you know, a week, two weeks, but 30 days, a month? Wow, that, that's a pretty, pretty big deal. And Samson was only one of three men who took a lifelong Nazaritic vow. Can you name the other two men? Well, they were Samuel. And John the Baptist. There are two other men, other than Samson, Samson, who took a lifelong Nazaritic vow. Any Jew could take a a a, a vow for a period of time, but Samson, Samuel, and John the Baptist took a lifelong Nazaritic vow. They were born with the intent of serving God their whole lives, not just 30 to 100 days. Very, very special calling and very special commitment. You know, we've been called to be disciples and live by a special calling to be like Jesus all of our lives. Being a Christian is a special calling. You know, my challenge has always been to remember that in my day, wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, God is with me and I'm chosen for greatness. In many respects, Samson's path was laid out for him. Godly he had godly parents a clear purpose and vision and all he had to really do was walk in it His greatest challenge and ours Perhaps is living up to our divine potential or divine calling and to become the person we were meant to be for God And so what I want to talk about today is what can help us to always keep on believing in God's presence when we go through difficult times you know, and our lesson today is, is about no matter where you're at spiritually, God is always rooting for us and we can learn to keep believing in God and that he always has a plan for us. And so I want to make two points today and then we'll wrap it up. So how can we keep believing in God in the midst of our own failures and shortcomings? And the two points I want to talk about today is this, is that God is faithful to his calling and that God responds to a little faith. God is faithful to his calling and God responds to a little faith. In Samson's life, he makes some pretty big mistakes. You know, what I mean, can you relate to that? Can you, sometimes you do things that you go, I can't believe I did that. Why did I do that? In Judges chapter 14 and verse one through four, it says in the NIV, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Now remember, he was an he was an Israelite and they were being oppressed by the Philistines. And so God's man here, Samson, is wanting to choose a wife. And so guess who he chooses? He he, he he's choosing a Philistine woman, basically. In verse 2, when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife his father and mother replied isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among your, all our people must you go to the uncircumcised philistines to get a wife but samson said to his father get her for me she's the right one for me now notice this passage right here in verse four his parents did not know that this was from the lord who was seeking on occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. How can we keep believing in God in the midst of of our own mistakes and failures? How do we keep believing in God? How do we keep the faith? The first point I want to make is this. God is faithful to his calling. Remember this. God is faithful to his calling. Here we go. God's man Samson wants to marry a philistine woman <laughs> his parents freak out they're like do you have to marry this pagan girl man like does she have to be a philistine can't you choose someone who isn't our oppressors I mean really son have you ever made a decision where you just thought why did I make that decision well Samuel was it Samson was in one of these situations right now but remember in verse four. It said in in the NIV, right, is that his parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking on occasion to confront the Philistines. Did you catch that? It's easy to overlook this passage. In the New Living Translation, look what it says here. It says, his father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this. Creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at that time. I want you to be thinking about this passage and it goes to my point that all the failures that we're going to see in Samuel, Samson's life, uh, God was working behind the scenes to disrupt the Philippines. Phil- Philistines, not Philist- Philippines. To disrupt the Philistines and, and use Samson in a great way. But God worked through all his failures. In other words, as Samson... Uh, could have made a better decision on who to marry, God was using that situation to disrupt the Philistines who were oppressing his people. You know, often we get so focused on what seems to be a huge failure that we forget to see that God can be at work behind the scenes doing something even greater for his glory. And let's keep reading. Let's see some other things that happened. In Judges chapter 14 in verse 5 through 9 it says, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother as they approached the vineyards of Timnah. Suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass." Samson goes with his mom and pops to Timna, and a young lion attacks him. He kills the lion. I mean, this dude's no joke, right? He's fearless. It seems that he leaves the scene, and perhaps on his way back home, he violates his Nazaritic vow by touching a you know a deceased carc- carcass, right, or a dead carcass. He did the first thing he said. He he did one thing he said he'd never do. I mean, have you ever made a vow to not do something then did it anyway? Well, that was Samson. And in a way, it seems like he, it seems like he violated his Nazaritic vow here and lost his distinctiveness by violating that vow. I mean, when the Titanic is going down, it's going down, right? That's Samson's life. His decision making is suspect at best. But he keeps making bad decisions. And I just want to go through some of them right in Judges 14, 12 to 14. There's a riddle that he puts before people. He ends up calling his wife a heifer, you know, a a cow. A cow that doesn't have offspring yet is called a heifer. This dude needs to go to marriage dynamics, man. Oh, my gosh. Calling your wife names like that? Sheesh. I wouldn't do that, man. I, I, if I, you know I've been a minister a long time, and I wouldn't call your wife a heifer that That's crazy in judges fourteen, nineteen to twenty he ends up murdering thirty men. He steals their clothes and he left as most likely he touched their bodies as he took their clothes to you know away and violated another one of his Nazaritic vows, right? And then he ends up leaving his wife. In Judges 15, he's super vengeful where there's a scene where he, he lit 300 foxes, well, two by two, uh, their tails on fire, and then killed more Philistine men. In Judges 16, 1, uh, he ends up sleeping with a prostitute. I mean, gosh, you know, Sam, Sam Samson is just failure after failure after failure. God's man is not doing very well at the moment. And And as you read throughout this story, you may not even sense some form of shame in his life and then a scary verse is what we come upon a scary verse uh perhaps one of the scariest verses in the bible in judges 16 verse 20 it says but he did not know that the spirit of the lord had left him but he did not know that the spirit of the lord had left him wow that's a scary thing for a man who is whose life was dedicated to God, who he had a special calling and a special commitment in his life to do something great for god god God's spirit left him sometimes we we make bad decisions because we don't really understand the high calling God has for us. But it's encouraging to know that God is faithful to his calling for us and he will work with us no matter how immature, no matter how short-sighted, no matter how our decisions can be, how sinful we become, even to the point that God's spirit may leave us. And we see Samson blowing it big time. He's impure, not repentant, a thief, a murderer, super vengeful. He had major anger issues. He probably needed to go to anger management. And then he ends up sleeping and being unfaithful to his wife with a prostitute, basically. No sense of responsibility for his calling, but even like this, God was faithful to his calling. God was, you know, working things out behind the scenes. And working his plan out because he's faithful to his calling. It's so easy to see only the failures in Samson's life. But perhaps this is more about God's faithfulness than Samson's sinfulness. And in spite of all his failures, man, in the midst of the chaos of his life, the Spirit of the Lord was on him throughout all those times until that very scripture at the very end where God's spirit had left him. But God was using him to disrupt the Philippines. And the story goes on more, and we all know the story where Samson loses his power because his hair gets cut off by Delilah. Again, he allows himself to violate his Nazaritic vow. But at the end of his life, where it seems like Samson's life was a life of just violating his Nazaritic vow, his special calling... He did something that moved God's heart to act on his behalf. You know, he ends up praying to God for strength one more time. And even after the Spirit of the Lord had left him, God acted on his behalf. Isn't that encouraging? And in Judges chapter 16, in verse 23 to 30, it says, Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, "'Bring out Samson to entertain us!' So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, "'Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them.' Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and, the, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform." Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. How do we keep believing in the midst of Many failures and mistakes and shortcomings in our own lives. Well, let's first remember, God is faithful to his calling. But secondly, is that God responds to a little faith. Amen. God responds to a little faith. You know, at the end of Samson's life, he said one more prayer. He's only recorded in the Bible with saying two prayers in his lifetime. His first prayer in Judges 15, 18 seems more like a complaint than a prayer. His second prayer, though, was a little better, but not a prayer you'd think God would reward, right? But God did. The point is that God responded to a little bit of faith. And I think the lesson here is that it's not about how you start in your spiritual life or how you start in life. It's about how you finish, It's not about how you start out on the race, the Christian race. It's about how you finish the Christian race. Paul, Peter, all the New Testament figures failed so much. They they just blew it many, many times. But at the end of their lives, they had a little bit of faith that helped them get to the finish line. This is so encouraging for us, for me. That, to know that God will help us if we too call upon Him and have just a little bit of faith. This morning, let me ask you, if you're in crisis, if you're going through a difficult time, do you have a, can you muster up just a little bit of faith by, faith by keeping your eyes on Jesus for a minute? Because if you can, God will respond to a little bit of faith. A mustard seed of faith is what God will respond to. You don't have to have a lot, just a little, like Samson. I mean, the, Here's what we got on Samson. I'm sure you probably paid more than one prayer, right? You probably did. But if not, amen, you still got hope there, right? But he just, he he's only recorded with two prayers in the Bible, and both of them are really rough. But God responded to a little bit of faith. So what did we learn today? Our lesson is about Samson and believing again, right? Believe again. How can we keep believing in God in the midst of our own failures and shortcomings? Well, let's remember, God is faithful to his calling. No matter how much you've sinned, no matter how far you perhaps have fallen, no matter how many vows that you've made where you flat violated, I want to encourage you that God got your back. Our, le- our lesson today is more about God's faithfulness than our sinfulness. The second thing is to remember God responds to a little bit of faith. I mean, Samson did a great act for God by having this prayer and God brought down all the Philistines and and delivered them. And so remember, God responds to a little bit of faith. It's not how you start in life. It's all about how you finish. Thank you so much for joining us in our worship service this morning. We appreciate your time and attention. Have a great day. You've just listened to the Metro L.A. Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.